I'm at Camden BRI with Julian South, Head of Chemistry and Biochemistry, and Steve Garrett, Authenticity Team Leader. And we're discussing some of the current and emerging techniques for monitoring the authenticity of food and drink products. So, Julian, the new issue of the BRC Global Standard for Food Safety has some specific requirements regarding authenticity. What are they? Well, BRC version 7 was launched in January this year, and that replaces uh, version 6 for all orders. It's got increased focus on product authenticity and on supply chain assurance. The requirements for companies are to assess their raw materials and their supply chain for vulnerability to food fraud, things such as dilution or substitution of raw materials delivered to their site. And this might include a programme of laboratory testing. So Steve, an obvious place to start in terms of analysis, given the coverage of the last few years, is meat species testing. So what are the current approaches to that? DNA detection methods I now use routinely following the horse meat issues of 2013. At Camden BRI, we perform all the analysis using fast real-time PCR. So in theory, we can actually receive a sample in the morning and generate a result by the end of the day. Some of our member companies have also set up their own in-house testing and we provide consultancy on equipment and kits they can use. And there are quite close parallels here with fish and seafood species determination. So what's the current situation with that? For fish species identification, we generally use DNA profiling methods. Because there's a large number of fish species, we can't use the single assays. Camden BRI developed this approach about 10 years ago. More recently, we've been involved in a project with Agilent Technologies and the FDA in the US. The aim was to update the method, making it faster and to generate profiles against a wider range of fish species. This work has been published in Food Control in the last few months. In addition to the DNA profiling, we use DNA sequences approaches to identify a wider range of seafood. This includes crustacea species such as prawn and crab. Another area where there's been a lot of interest is the authenticity of olive oil. So Julian, what are the issues and the approaches with that? Well, the major issue with olive oil is the declaration of the correct grade on the package. For example, whether it's extra virgin, and that commands a premium price in the marketplace. One of the services that we offer companies is to analyse olive oil using European approved methods. So more widely, you've got a project on evaluating and advising on authenticity methods, as part of which I think you've surveyed food industry views. So what are the kind of things that have come out of that survey? The responses to the survey will help us prepare a series of useful guides reflecting industry needs and identify technologies for evaluation. For example, we are currently working on a guide on stable isotope ratio analysis. This is the technique used for food origin testing. One of the other priority areas that came out of the survey results was the need for information on methods to determine herb and spice authenticity. The recent issue concerning undeclared nut contamination and adulteration in spices such as paprika has obviously impacted on the industry. The current practice is to use PCR and immunoassay techniques, but other proteomic and metabolomic approaches are required to resolve certain contamination issues. And what screening or approaches are available for authenticity testing? Well, there are a number of screening approaches which could be used involving a number of technologies. These include spectroscopic approaches such as NIR, FTIR and Raman instruments. Then there are big developments in mass spectrometric approaches, including ICPMS, GCQTOF and DSA-TOF mass spectrometry. 
The most powerful ways to detect non-authentic or adulterated food is to combine data from more than one method. We have access to many of these new technologies at Camden BRI, and we've got software that can handle the large multiple data sets that result from the work. And so what are the next innovations in terms of methods? The developments of novel DNA amplification and sequencing approaches will have a big impact on the speed of analysis. They have the potential to be used not only by ourselves, by the industry themselves. For example, we recently evaluated isothermal DNA amplification approaches, which require minimal equipment and virtually no sample preparation. I am also aware of new portable and simple DNA sequencing technology that has the potential to be used outside the laboratory and can be used to identify species present in complex food ingredients. We're very interested in exploring non-targeted methods which enable identification of previously unidentified components. At the present time, this is restricted to high-end laboratory applications such as quadrupole time-of-flight mass spectrometry. We're undertaking research using an instrument which is able to benchmark aroma compounds in ingredients such as spices. Now these approaches are good for screening large numbers of batches of raw materials, but at the present time are really only laboratory based. It's hoped that this situation will change as instrument suppliers develop new equipment suitable for use on a more routine basis. So how does all this help us comply with the requirements of the new BRC7? Well, we have considerable experience of risk assessment and combined with our knowledge of analytical methodology, we can help companies to target their testing. We currently have a research project in this area developing a tool to help companies fulfil the requirements of BRC7. This will help ensure that your test programme is as effective as possible. And that's very important because you want to get maximum benefit from your spend on the testing of raw materials. Julian South, Steve Garrett, thank you both very much indeed.